0: He's holding for Rory McIlroy. Shane Lowry is an Open champion. Tiger completes one of the greatest comebacks in Masters history. Hi everyone, welcome to this week's episode on the Talk Birdie to Me podcast. Unfortunately, there was no podcast last week as I've been exceptionally busy with completing my thesis for my Masters and also working on the YouTube channel to bring you some exciting content in the coming weeks so be sure to check that out. This week on the podcast, I am joined by professional golfer Kevin Phelan. We talk about his time in the amateur scene, playing the Walker Cup and playing in two US Opens as an amateur before making the leap into the pro ranks and having early success on the European Tour. We talk about the changes that he is making in the last number of years and what his goals are for the future. So without any further delay, here is the podcast. Hi everyone, welcome back to this week's podcast where I'm joined by professional golfer Kevin Phelan. How are you keeping, Kevin?
1: All good, Shane. Thanks. Thanks for having me on.
0: Oh no, thank you for taking the time out. How's life with you at the moment?
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I'm just uh, practicing away here and yeah, waiting to to get a chance to play some
0: tournaments. And is your practice kind of curtailed at the moment, not knowing when you have a start date, or are you kind of playing away five, six, seven days a week?
1: No, I'm playing I'm playing a lot. Um I'm not really sure when when the tournaments are going to start, so I would like to be you know if they start sooner than I might expect, I'd like to be I'd like to be ready uh, and make some progress in the meantime. So uh yeah, I'm doing doing quite a bit.
0: And it's great to be able to get back and play some golf, but taking us back to your early days. Who were your biggest influences in getting you into the game?
1: Um I started playing golf with With my dad and my brother, really. Uh, My dad started, he probably started a few years before, my brother and I. And um, yeah, we just used to play pretty much every day in the summer um, in Waterford. So uh, I played in Waterford Castle and with a good few friends. um, Similar age, kind of all starting at the same time. So um,
0: yeah, it it was good. And your father, John, was a former professional or international squash player. And did you have a competitive nature from your outset in the game?
1: I did, yeah. Um, I played. I mean, I played kind of all the sports growing up. But as soon as I started playing golf, I kind of knew that. Well, that was all I was interested in, really. Um, so yeah, we had. I mean, we'd always have. We'd always have some sort of match whenever we were playing. Um, it was very rare that we'd we'd play a few holes without having. You know some sort of game so um
0: yeah we were all competitive living in waterford and then making that move to florida where was it that your golf really took off
1: um well the interest was was there in waterford um i mean i used to I'd play in the summer i played all day every day as many holes as i could um but i i got a lot better in florida i think i was 19 handicapped when i moved to florida and. Yeah, I you know I kind of they don't they don't look at handicaps in the same way in the US. They don't really care about them. Um, it's just shooting. It was just shooting under par. Like, there are a few of the kids that I was playing with were a bit older than me, a bit further ahead, and um, I was just playing catch up. Really, so yeah, I got better uh, quite quickly.
0: Well, you certainly did play catch up, and your game started to improve. And you went to the University of North Florida. How was that experience for you? Where when was it that you saw your game really got to the collegiate level?
1: So I went there. I finished school in two thousand nine I think it would have been two thousand seven two thousand eight I started um, competing on a to a kind of higher level um, outside the local area um two thousand and eight I would have played a lot of um, traveled around the us a lot and played a lot of a lot of junior tournaments around the US and um, yeah then the the collegiate level was was good I was I looked at a you know a lot of different universities and really liked UNF um, and yeah I really enjoyed it we had a, we had a great we played a great schedule um, really strong schedule so and we had some good good competition within the team um, a couple of really good players so yeah i, I really enjoyed that I, I thought that was a great experience
0: you really hit the ground running as you were the atlantic sun freshman of the year for your first year of college golf did you see a steady progression throughout your time there
1: yeah it was it was pretty steady um, i played pretty well my first year um, the and then yeah my best year was my last year and it was it was pretty it was pretty pretty steady throughout Um i didn't make any huge jumps at any one point um it was you know i just i just practiced all the time and, and played loads of tournaments and um and yeah i really really enjoyed it really enjoyed that uh just the process really of of figuring out how I can get better.
0: During your time in college you also qualified for the 2010 US Open in Pebble Beach as a 19-year-old. When you were going to that qualifying was it something that you really believed or what did you think your chances were of making one of the pinnacles of golf?
1: I didn't consider it at all. Uh hence the certainly for the first stage. Um it was my friend and I actually um who I went to school with, we carried for each other in the first stage, so he played at a different site to me. I carried for him, and then he carried for me at, at my one and um it's yeah i didn't I didn't think too much of it. um I got through the first stage, and then I was playing the second stage of qualifying, and you know, I was playing well at the time, but I didn't really consider um, that I was going to play in the US Open. Um, it was—I was really just just trying to shoot the lowest score
0: I could. And after qualifying for the US Open, how was your preparation for that? Did was Nerve something that was getting the better of you, or did you feel that you were in a good place?
1: Well, my my same friend who carried for me in the in the first stage of qualifying carried for me in the tournament, um, he's he's a very good player as well. He's He's playing the PGA Tour at the moment. Um, But it was really nice having him there. Um, And my dad and his dad came out as well. So that was good. Um, We played, got there really early and played loads of practice rounds. Um, I think we got there on the Saturday before and played, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, as much as we could, basically. (laughs) Um, Just kind of soaking it up and got to play with some some really good players and um yeah I mean I made I think I made the mistake that most uh most people in that situation would probably make in that I just tried to make loads of birdies um which is not a good strategy particularly for someone with my skill set at the time um a course that difficult um but I would say for I would say that holds true with any any skill set on, on that golf course.
0: Looking at the golf course, how did you find the course setup? Was you have said it was the toughest course setup you've ever come across to date at that time?
1: At that point, um, yeah, it was by far by the toughest. Um, we I played I'd say the other the toughest other than that was we played nationals at the honors course in Tennessee, which was really tough but different. Pebble Beach was, it's not overly long. There are some long holes, but it was really firm. The greens are tiny. They're pretty much all back to front, or a lot of them anyway are soaked back to front. And um, the rough was, it was thick, but not unplayable, which I think destroyed me. It was one of the things that killed me. Had the rough been thicker, um. And I was forced to lay up. I think I would have had a better chance of of then making par from you know with a wedge as opposed to trying to get up and down from usually over a green. I don't know what my statistics were on the week, but I felt like most of the time when I went for a green from the rough, it went straight over the back, and then I was chipping from thick rough to a fast green sloping away from me and had little to no chance. Um, but I think the course was set up really well um you know the greens get a little bit tough in the afternoons out there, but um it was it was brilliant it was brilliant course to play
0: just jumping in there when you mentioned statistics for your week is that something in your time to date as a professional you pay a lot of attention to the stats and the analysis of the game or your own game even
1: um i pay i pay a good i mean i keep track of them yeah and i i look I usually use statistics to look for outliers. Um, i don't I don't analyze them regularly. Uh, I keep track of them regularly, but I don't analyze them regularly. I'll look for every now and then look for patterns. Um, I really want a, a pretty big sample size before I'm going to take anything um, from a group of statistics because um, it's quite easy to have an outlier that doesn't that is um maybe not, inc- not consistent with what's actually happening it was over a small sample size so um i think that's really important
0: with statistics as you said there a sample and you certainly got to meet a small number of people that we at the us open such as jim fioric padre carrington retief Goosen, and trevor immelman was there any takeaways that you really learned from them after your experience there
1: yeah yeah, um, I mean, Immelman spoke a lot about the like the balance, trying to find a balance in preparation for tournaments and you know practice and and mental preparation and how much to practice, how much to play, and it was. I mean, he he had won the Masters in two thousand eight. Was someone I really looked up to, and I kind of thought he had it all figured out, you know. And then he he starts talking about. About all this stuff that the same kind of stuff that I was, was you know, considering a lot of the time as well. Um, Furick took me aside in one of the, walking down one of the holes and, I mean, gave me a, a pretty good, a good amount of time um, talking about how I've earned my place in this tournament. Harrington said similar stuff actually, and it was when it's my turn to play, it's my turn to play, and there's, you know, whatever else is happening, I'm to hit my shots, and I deserve to be there, and I burned it. And I thought that was really, uh, really, really nice and helpful from from both of them. Um, I didn't apply it very well in that week, um, but it it is it was information that I I did take with me, uh, moving forward.
0: And when you arrived to the course to Pebble Beach on the Monday, did you feel that you belonged there or were you kinda of overwhelmed with the situation until you said there Jim Fjord put his arm around you?
1: We got there on the Saturday and we were like, you know, two 19 year olds really excited to see Pebble Beach. We drove drove up up and down that seventeen mile drive a few times and like had a look at Cypress Point when you could see it. And um, then we played Sunday and it was, there were no spectators. So it was, it was kind of a, almost an easing into the week that way. Um, And then from Monday, the place was, you know, flooded with people. It was a bit different, but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't find that aspect of it too bad. It was, it was really my, my approach to my golf for the, Tournament days wasn't what it should have been.
0: As you moved into 2013, you certainly had to prepare because that was a chaotic year for you with so many events. How do you find those seasons where you've exceptionally long and and number of big events to prepare for?
1: You know, I I I went into that year in a really good frame of mind. Um, I had I had tried. I put myself in a place in 2010, 11 where I had a chance to make the Walker Cup team and um i didn't do it Like i put a lot of pressure on myself and didn't perform nearly as well as as i could have as i felt like i should have in 2011 and when it came to selection i you know i i wasn't even in running in most from my view um so 2013 i'd committed after that to like i'm not going to do that again and um, i'm going to play play my golf and If it happens, it happens. Um, I was in a really good frame of mind. I was—I changed what I was studying as well. I was studying psychology at the time, um, and I was enjoying that. Took a lot from it, and yeah, I was—I was really ready for that year. Um, You know, the college—we had a really good college team, a good Irish team, and I really wanted to make the. Really wanted to make the Walker Cup team as well. Obviously, you know I played St Andrews Trophy the year before in Port Marnock, and you know I felt like I, you know, I earned my place there. I felt felt comfortable in that environment, and I wanted to to play the Walker Cup. And yeah, I, I just had a really good mindset going into it, and um, I really, I really enjoyed the year. It was one of the busiest years I've had, but. Um, it wasn't i didn't find it stressful
0: just before we get into your on course performances you mentioned there about studying psychology do you think that helped you in any aspect in terms of off the course and your mental approach to the game
1: um i think it helped in in all areas really understanding or at least seeking to understand certain concepts makes it a lot easier to understand why why you might make certain mistakes particularly in terms of repeating mistakes that you're you might be trying not to repeat them. Um, and yeah, just having a sort of a base understanding of some of these concepts can make that process a lot easier.
0: On the course, you certainly performed that year. And after the NCAAs, you went to Wilmington Country Club in Delaware for the Palmer Cup and you were the European team's top point scorer. How was that week for you?
1: Uh, that was That was really, really good. Um, It was it was sort of uh, sort of a chaotic week in terms of the weather. It was, I mean, it was horrific weather. Um, Early on, we we played very little, very few practice rounds. The Arnold Palmer was there, and we we teed off. Everyone teed off on the first the first day and kind of played a couple of holes, but it was it was unplayable conditions, but. You know, we wanted to. They wanted to get everyone off the tee with Palmer there, um, but the rest of the week was was pretty chaotic, um, and it was kind of it was. I guess it was. It ended up being similar to like a home internationals or interpro style, where it was just thirty six a day. But it was it was really good. I, I played quite well. I felt very good about my game that week. I played my foursons and four ball with uh, Gary Hurley. Uh, fellow Waterford man and um yeah I really like the course. The greens were fast and slopey, um which I love. And um yeah, it was good. It was a good week.
0: You mentioned there Gary Hurley, a fellow Waterford man. And is the Waterford golf rankings from Jeff Lennon something that you pay particular attention to? <laughs>
1: Oh, I think that's the only ranking any of us pay attention to.
0: <laughs> Practising every day for that.
1: Absolutely, great motivation.
0: <laughs> and as you went from the Palmer Cup to the U.S. Open and Marion Country Club, did you? How did you find going from the team event into a, another major championship in your second U.S. Open? You know, I, I've
1: never really distinct, made a distinction between team and individual golf um, that clearly. You know, I, I enjoyed making teams and being a part of teams, but when it comes to the golf, it's you know, it's a good team is a group of good individuals. Um so it's you have to perform yourself for the team to to do well. So I was just really focused on my own my own game when I was on the course and then when I went to the US Open it was it was similar really. Um with similar weather in that one at that week. I mean I drove from the Palmer Cup to to the US Open. They were pretty close. And I played, I played each hole once in Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, um, because there were so many rain delays and lightning and, you know, you just weren't allowed on the course that much. But um, it was, it was a really, it was a really good week. Yeah. I played, I played really well. Uh, My coach at the time, Mark McCumber came up for a day on, I don't know if it was Tuesday or Wednesday, but um, yeah, it was great to have him there. Um, He's, you know, so much experience in in playing and competing in those events uh he's he was a great influence on you know not just that week but my my career as a whole and yeah i really i really enjoyed that week and i played well a couple of days and yeah it was it was good experience
0: you said there that you only got to play every hole once in terms of your preparation not only for that us open but for every week what is your preparation say if you get to the course on a monday do you try and play two three rounds before the Thursday or is it kind of nine holes a day?
1: My general thinking with preparation is, you know, my game has to be in, in order first. That's the priority. And then it's the golf course. So, I usually play as little as I can to feel, to feel comfortable on the course. You know, most of the time it's, it's, it's rare where it's just one week. You know, it's usually two, three, four weeks in a row. So, with a lot of traveling in between. So, um, yeah, I want to, I mean, I I I do a lot of course preparation uh, before I get to the course. These days, I didn't have the time, so that that allows me to when I'm on the course, I can play competitive games and get a feel for the way the ball's bouncing, the way it's reacting on the greens, how the rough is, you know, different grasses, um, green speeds, etc. And I don't have to spend too much time out there on the golf course or on the range, especially when it's uh, when it's hot when it's hot it's hot a lot at tournaments
0: and that week for you in Marion Country Club you got off to a great start and when you came in after your first round for a short period you were only four strokes off the lead what was your reaction to that first round or that week in total
1: well the first round I I drove the ball really well so the course didn't didn't feel as hard as it was to me because I was I was playing from the fairway I think I missed two fairways, and they were both by you know less than a yard. So I was playing from either the fairway or kind of just the semi-rough the whole day. Um, so it was it felt somewhat it felt manageable. Um, it was still obviously very difficult approach shots and around the greens. Um, but playing from the fairway was manageable. Um, I then missed some fairways the next day, and it was it was a lot more difficult. Um, it was much tougher, uh, but it's I mean, it's a great golf course. i I felt it was the way it was set up it was it was fair, but ve- just very hard. Um, very penal for a miss. Uh, and yeah, it was it was a really it was a really good week. I put it pretty well throughout. and um, had another decent driving day. Uh, I can't remember if it was the third round or the last round, but um, I had one other day where I played pretty well.
0: Yeah, it was a good week. During your time as an amateur, we've spoke there about the US Opens and you also played in the Irish Open on a number of occasions in Carton House and in Killarney Golf Club. How important do you think that was for you as an amateur, getting professional experience?
1: Um, I think it makes a difference. Um, I think it's, it's good to get that sort of exposure just to see what it's like and see what what the week runs like and yeah the irish opens were much more realistic to what i was going to be experiencing as a pro that to, to the u.s open you know the u.s opens especially given where they were like pebble beach and marion they're logistically very difficult places to hold events that big there's a lot of being shuttled around and, you know it's 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 as smooth as it can be, but it's still not that smooth. Um whereas the Irish Open's it was set up more uh more like a, a normal event and I got a good feel of what, what it was like to play, you know, European tournaments.
0: Or what were your biggest takeaways from the Irish Open is like the Irish amateurs now don't get that opportunity. So for you, is it something that you really grabbed at both hands at the time?
1: Um yeah, yeah. I was I was delighted. I got I was so keen to get going in Killarney. I, I think I got there. I think I got there on the Sunday. Yeah, I got there really early. Like, I wanted to get going straight away. But, uh, my biggest takeaways from it, my biggest takeaways from it was that I didn't play that well in either of them. And I wasn't, I didn't feel like I was that far away. Um, like I missed the cut both times. I was kind of within touching distance of it. Um, yeah, again, without playing very well. So I, I felt like, you know, it gave me a, an idea that, my you know the standard that I was at wasn't too far away and that you know just keep improving uh, constantly Um, I felt like I would I felt like I could get to a place where I could compete there pretty regularly.
0: As we analyze your 2013 season we've spoke about professional events major championships and amateur events and just before we get to the Walker Cup how did you find mixing those different fields and kind of the different levels of golf
1: yeah that's a good question um i didn't I didn't think about it in that sense too much really you know as an amateur playing a professional event it's pretty similar to playing an amateur event in that there's you can't win any money um you know one of the biggest differences in playing professional golf is you're playing for a living um, and that is a it's a bit of a mental hurdle to get over. Um, so playing those events as an amateur, um I just treated them the same as any other event. Um, you know, I prepared as well as I could, and and I played, and you know, I, I did my best, put my head down, and that was it, really. yeah, i didn't I didn't pay too much attention to anything else that was going on
0: as you touched there on amateurs not being able to make money do you think that was one big mindset adjustment you had to make turning pro is when you were playing for money that sort of different thoughts going through your head
1: not so much at the beginning i think mostly because i i got pr- a pretty good start um, you know I, ha- I had some sponsors when i turned pro first so i knew i was covered for a little while and i had some decent finishes Early on in the European tour. So I wasn't, it wasn't a worry. You know, I knew I had enough money to play tournaments. And that was, you know, that was, I was happy with that. You know, I I wasn't, um, I wasn't in it to try and make as much money as I could. I was in it to, to play as well as I could. Um, It was more, for me, it was more when I dropped down a level, I found it tougher because it's, it's not that I didn't realize the expense of it. You know, I knew how much things were costing, but it's, it's just a different, it's a different feeling when you can shoot fifteen under and just about cover your expenses. but like it's, it's just a different it's a different mindset, and it it did take me a while to to get over that um, and just to refocus on on just the goal.
0: But just before we start to look at your professional career, you mentioned that something you really did want to play in was the Walker Cup, and you got to play that in the National Golf links of America. How special a week was that for you to take that off the list?
1: Yeah, that was as I said earlier, that was a big goal of mine for for a while uh, leading up to it. And I mean, it got to the point where I I wasn't, you know, I played well enough during the year in twenty thirteen, where I wasn't um, I wasn't too wor- I wasn't too worried about it. Towards the end of the year, I kind of felt like I felt like I had done enough, you know, to to make the team, and and I was comfortable in that situation and. And when we we got there, it was it was a bigger week than I was expecting in terms of in terms of the time. Like we met in, I think it was Philadelphia. We had like more than a week together before the start of the tournament. Um, so it was quite a big build up, and it was it was a lot of it was a lot of fun. You know, we played some great courses. Uh, We played Pine Valley the first day they were we were there. And we played Bayonne in New York. We were supposed to play Shinnecock, actually, but we got rained out of that. Uh, but then playing national, as much as we did, was—I mean—it was such a treat. Um, it's an amazing golf course and one that that kind of changes day to day. And yeah, it was—it was a great experience. You know, I knew I was very familiar with pretty much everyone on the team. We we had a good team atmosphere didn't do that well as a team for the week, but um, it was a week that I enjoyed on the last.
0: Although you may not have performed as a team, but individually you did perform, picking up two out of three points. Were you satisfied with your own performance?
1: Yeah, I played really well myself. I was I was playing very well at the time. And yeah, I did. I, I played well that week. Um, played four with with Gavin Moynihan. And uh, yeah, we played well. Even the match we lost, we played quite well. Um, and then I played. I played singles and played played well in the singles. Um, I was actually happy to be playing. I had my, I hurt my back early in the week, so um, yeah, I was quite relieved that I was able to play. Um, but uh, yeah, it was it was a really enjoyable week.
0: You said there that in twenty eleven it was a goal of yours, and then it was great to finally make the team in twenty thirteen. Do you think that some amateurs put too much pressure on themselves to make that team?
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a big tournament, but you know it's not the be all and end all. And I I was lucky in that I had a chance in 2011. You know, ruined my own chance with my own play, but I had another chance in 2013 to do it and to play in it. And you know, I took advantage of it that time. But um, I think a lot of I think a lot of people make. A similar mistake to what I did, and um, just put a bit too much emphasis on
0: it. And after capping off that week for you, that was great on a personal level. How much confidence did that give you heading to Q School in 2013?
1: Yeah, it did. It, it it did give me some confidence. Um, I was feeling quite good about my game that year. Anyway, so it was. It, yeah, it certainly added. I played the following week. Yeah, I went straight from there to Holland um, to play the Dutch Open. Um, I was. I was with ISM at the time and yeah, Chubby was really keen on me playing, playing a professional event before the first stage of Q School. Cause my first stage was, it was either, it was maybe, I think I might've had a week off between, but it was pretty soon, you know, I wanted to play. He really wanted me to play um, a professional event before first stage of Q School. So I did that. And, um, I think that that helped a bit as well, just to you know get out of the. Not that I I didn't really struggle with getting out of the team atmosphere, but um, it was nice to have a professional event under my belt, and I played okay in that event, and and then went on to to first stage of Q School in in Portugal, I think, and and got through there. So yeah, it was it was good.
0: After performing in Q School and wrapping up your tour cards uh, for twenty fourteen. How did you find that transition into uh, professional golf?
1: I found it, I found it pretty good. Um, I, you know, I don't mind. I don't mind traveling. I, I played. You know, the three years previously, I played. The four years previously, I played for Ireland um, each year. And uh, yeah, the three years previously, in particular, I'd done a lot of traveling from the U.S. to Europe and and around um, playing tournaments. So I was I was well used to traveling and. I mean, I'm quite, I'm quite introverted to begin with, so I don't mind the the time alone. You know, I'm happy enough to get my head stuck in a book or watch some movies or something. So yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't really mind the transition. I just, I just kind of went with it um, and wanted to play as well as I could.
0: In that first year, you had a third place finish in the Hong Kong Open and a sixth place finish in the Swanee Open. What were your biggest learnings of that year?
1: My biggest learnings were. Well, yeah, I felt. I mean, it was it was nice to have a couple of good finishes, just to prove to myself that I could compete at a high level and you know play well on the last day of these tournaments. And um, I didn't I didn't win anything, obviously, but uh, you know I had a couple of outside chances and and you know played respectively um, on the last days. And it was really just it was a good learning in a sense that. You know, I knew that my my good golf was good enough, but it was it was also a bit of a a bit of an awakening in the depth of the fields, and that my decent golf was nowhere near good enough. You know, my good golf was good enough, but my my okay weeks were I would finish either like fiftieth or miss the cut by you know two or three. You know, I was kind of in that. That was my norm, and. I knew that I needed to improve that because it's, you know, regardless of, of who you are, you're, you're only going to have a certain amount of really good weeks every year. And it's when those weeks are backed up by some other, you know, decent finishes when you're not playing your best is, I mean, that's, if you just look at the results of any of the the best players, that's what they do, you know, when they're not playing best they still have decent finishes and that that was the biggest struggle for me you know i could see that my good golf was was good enough um it was the rest that was the issue
0: is that something that you've worked hard on the last number of years is bringing that consistency to your game and make sure that you're kind of competing the best you can on each week
1: yeah yeah it is it's uh you know consistency is a funny word because it's it's it is very important um all the best players are consistent, but trying to be consistent can, I mean, for me anyway, whenever I tried to be consistent, it just, I would just be filled with tension um, and trying not to make mistakes. So it's, it's, um, you know, to be, I think the most consistent players are the ones who play with the most freedom and they might seem to contradict, but um, I, I think that's, yeah, I think if you look at the best players, that's I think that would be pretty consistent throughout the best players that they play with, with a lot of freedom um, each
0: week. Would you have said you played with a lot of freedom in the 2015 Joburg Open when you had a final round 66 to finish in the tie for second?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. That's a good one to pick out. Yeah, I went in. I played pretty well the first three days and I just had a really good, really good front line, I think last day um, and a pretty good back nine I had a couple of birdies got a lot of chances um, The yeah the front nine really put me in a good spot to uh, challenge so yeah that, that was that was a good round yeah it's it's probably the the hardest I've hit a driver from start to finish in a round um, I was very comfortable with my with my swing in my game that week so and then I don't know if you've played golf that altitude before but it you know Swinging that bit harder and hitting it that bit higher makes a really big difference when you're that high up. So that was a big advantage for me that day compared to where I'd been the rest of the week.
0: Well, I must certainly try that and see if they can improve my own game. <laughs> but knowing that you could compete on the European Tour, because in 2015, you also had a third place finish at the Trophy Hassan Duh, And then you went to the Challenge Tour in 2016 and 2017. What was your confidence like when you know that you can compete at the top level?
1: I found those years uh, to be much tougher than the previous two years. Um, I was I was struggling with my game quite a bit. Um, like those two finishes came quite early in 2015, um, and then the rest of the year it was kind of what I mentioned earlier. I just I played okay, but I didn't have any decent finishes, just to, to back those up. And, yeah, I, I struggled 2016-17 on the Challenge Tour. The, the courses are a little bit easier, which I say easier. I, I don't think there's, there really is such thing as easy and hard in professional golf because if the, course is, if the course is a bit easier. It just means the scores are going to be lower. So it's, it's, not, it's not really any easier to, to do well. Um but the yeah the transition from European Tour to Challenge show was tough for me. I struggled with it. Um largely because my game wasn't progressing the way progressing the way it had done pretty much every year until then. Um I felt like I plateaued a bit and I was kind of searching for answers um without without really committing to anything. So I, yeah, I, I struggled. I struggled those couple of years and didn't. You know, I think my results reflected that. I didn't have any. I didn't have any really good weeks. I had some. I had some flashes. I had. I mean, I had one of my best. I think I had one of my best stretches during a round of professional golf on the Challenge Tour in Switzerland one year. I had, I had like six or seven birdies in in a row, maybe. Um, but it was it was only flashes. Um, and yeah, just. I struggled for confidence in my game and where I probably needed to take some time to sit and and reflect and think about what I really wanted to do to improve going forward, I just kept playing.
0: Do you think it's tough to reflect when you are in the middle of a busy season and there's so much travel?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the toughest part of professional golf, Um, especially in that sort of situation where... You know, the Challenge Tour season isn't like, say, the PGA Tour season where it runs the whole time. It's, it's kind of condensed through the summer. And when there are events and you're getting into them and you're not playing that well, you know, I felt like I had to play the events. Whereas doing that, looking back, I think doing that just prolonged my struggle. So, but it's it's a very fine it's a very fine line there, and these kind of issues are, I mean, they're oftentimes hardest to see when they're your issues. You know, it's hard to look at yourself objectively um, and from a distance. So,
0: yeah, it was it was tricky. Moving into 2019, and you went to Q School for the PGA Latino America. And you finished five under for your last five holes with an Eagle two on what was the ninth year finishing hole if I'm correct. So have you been able to put your finger on those issues and overcome them?
1: Yeah, I think I've gone a long way to to yeah, improving again. I mean that that was a that was a great finish, um that week. And uh yeah, I had I had another good finish in Q school at the Asian tour this year and uh yeah there have been there have been a lot more positives in the last year or so uh for me i've um yeah I've taken that time to to reflect and and think about what I want to do and then found the people that I thought could help me and and committed to to a path to to yeah to to improving again um and yeah i feel feel much better about my game now
0: looking at that path and Getting your career back on track to where you want it to go and the goals you want to achieve—is it more the golf swing or more your preparation and your the mental game that you're working most on?
1: It's all of it, really. Last year, I did a—it was a lot of golf swing, um, a lot of—I changed, you know, pretty much, pretty much all of my, pretty much all of my golf swing, top to bottom. Um, but it, it—I felt like it needed to be done, and. And yeah, it's, 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 it's really everything, you know, I think, I don't, I don't think you can omit any part of the game and, you know, ignore it and expect it to be okay. So, um, yeah, it's that, you know, that, that balance. You hear any athletes really talking about balance and, um, yeah, the, the balance between, you know, maintaining mechanics to where, to where you're comfortable and you can execute Um, the way you want to and then being yeah ready to compete as well it's it's a it's a tricky balance to have all the time that's yeah something that I've, I've put a lot of time and effort into
0: do you think that it takes a certain person to have that determination and patience you know many people as you said kind of struggle to look back and reflect and you finally took time to do it and now you're starting to watch that progression and see where your game is going but do you think it was something that, would you say at the start, you struggled with having that patience and persistence?
1: I think the patience more so than the persistence. Yeah, playing, playing tournaments week in, week out and not performing, it's quite hard to stay patient. And I, I was really good at that for a long time as an amateur and early as a pro. And I, yeah, I dropped off significantly in that regard, um, particularly playing the challenge tour so yeah it's it's the the persistence was there you know i, I didn't i didn't want to stop uh i didn't want to stop doing it so uh that was that part was fine but the patience was was wearing thin so yeah it 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 took a lot of a lot of a lot of thought and introspection and and um also being more accepting of help uh from others uh you know i'm pretty I'm pretty stubborn you know I think it's a pretty a pretty common trait for for um, us Irishmen, but um I'm pretty stubborn so yeah accepting uh accepting the help from those around me uh, accepting more of it uh, was was important as well
0: do you think that this break from competitive golf has helped you as well that you can really kind of put into practice what you want and kind of really get your game in shape for when competitive golf does return
1: yeah i mean that's certainly how i've how i've approached it yeah you know i've, I've been working on yeah getting my my mind and body and in, in the best place i can so i'm i'm ready to go when when the light turns green
0: and hopefully the light does turn green for you in the not too distant future as it must be tough waiting to get as you said the green light to get back playing competitive golf i'd just like to say a huge thank you for taking the time out to chat with me today but just before i do let you go i got some quick fire questions do you prefer links or parkland for
1: um, probably links
0: practice on the range or on the course course what age did you reach scratch i
1: don't i don't know actually maybe 14 15 somewhere around there
0: (laughs) your best golf memory to date
1: Probably, I hold a flop shot to qualify for the US Open the first time. That was
0: pretty good. Pretty special. And you're the best Irish player you played with. Rory. <laughs> Perfect. Thank you very much for your time today, Kevin. I really appreciate it. And I'd just like to wish you all the best in the coming months. And I hope that you do get the opportunity to return to competitive action.
1: No problem. Thanks. Thanks for having me, Shane.
0: That's it for this week's episode. I would just like to say a huge thank you again to Kevin for his time. It was great fun discussing his career to date, ranging from the early success, the importance of the official Waterford golf rankings, and also the changes that he's implemented over the last two years to see where his game is going to go in the next number of months. So I look forward to following Kevin's progress once play resumes. And also I'd like to say a huge thanks to all of you, my listeners, for the support that I've received so far. Chat soon, and please, talk birdie to me. Stranon for Rory Michael Roy. Shane Lowry is an Open champion. Tiger completes one of the greatest comebacks in Masters
1: history.